You're listening to The Esoterics Podcast, hosted by Joe Figueres and Fioralise Franco. everyone. We are so happy that you can join us for this episode. Hi, Fee. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, it's Friday. Yep. Getting ready. Uh, weather's gloomy, yeah. but I'm happy. I don't have to get up early tomorrow. No. <laughs> Do you have to get up early in the mornings typically? Yeah. Do you really? Why? Because I Sophia's still in summer school. She's doing summer school right now. Oh, yeah. So do you have to get up in the mornings and, like, get the kids ready and get them out of the house? I just have to drive them to school. So oh. I just have to get up and okay and do that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, this, um, this sort of ties into last episode where we were talking about how, you know, kids are a lot of work and everything. But, I mean, something like that, yeah. that's, you know, standard. Um, Okay, here's where I struggle with like the routine thing because I don't have a problem with going to bed at a certain time and then getting up at a certain time. It's living with people and being married to somebody who doesn't like to go to bed early. Oh, is, and is that's he the, a late like, bird or a what, night he, owl? No, he just has like, he needs time. He says he needs time to wind down. Yeah. And so he can't just be like, okay, shutting it off now and right. going to bed. Like he right. does, he can't do that. Where I'm like, it's 10.30. It's my bedtime. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm ready. Is that what time you typically go to bed is 10.30? Mm-hmm. Yes. You're a creature of habit? I just found that routine routines work better for me. Yeah. And not me. I'm, I mean, typically up until 1.30, 2 in the morning. Um, yesterday, I think it was last night or the night before, I, I was like, shit, man, it's like 2.42. I need to close my eyes, put the phone down, close my yes. eyes. Because my problem yes. is that I get in bed and then I'll start scrolling. And I don't mean to scroll. I just mean to, you know, check and see if there's any emails, check and see what I have to do tomorrow. You know, what time do I have to set my alarm for if I have to, you know, that sort of thing. And then I get sucked into, um, you know, social media. And then before you know it, it's three in the morning. The TikTok. <laughs> yes, because I used to be anti-reels, but I love the uh -huh. reels now. And I'm following, I, I follow people that make me laugh. And so like there's this little girl, she's hilarious uh -huh. and witty as fuck. And I love her. And um, I can't remember her name, but I'll find her. Yeah, send me, send me your TikTok. We need to do an episode next season where we just share all of our Instagram and TikTok accounts. Oh, the our yeah our recommended yes like yeah our favorite ones. Um, I also follow a bunch of uh, flippers too, furniture flippers. Um, I used to do it. Um, way I don't know. Oh, did you yeah. like like what kind of projects? Well, I I prefer dressers. Dressers are my okay. favorite, and um, you know, so I started out when I lived in Lansing. I bought my house, mm -hmm. and then I had you know all the space to do it. So I started collecting you know just pieces from a local store, and I started flipping them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wouldn't necessarily sell them um, because uh -huh. that wasn't. I was mostly just doing it for to fill my house. Yes. Um, 
and then I just, you know, that's when I kind of got into jewelry and then I sort of switched my focus, but, um, um any sort of woodworking, I, I'm a, I'm a crafter, woodworker, jewelry maker. Um, I want to get into making purses, leather bags, like anything. I'm, I'm a, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm that Jesus number, the crafter. You know, I'm surprised that you actually aren't a flipper. Um, because first off, you love, you love all that sort of stuff. Um, but with your 22-4, you are the master builder. You are. Um, and so, um, it's not just like policies and processes. I mean, it's like working with your hands and building and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So I am surprised that you don't have like a side gig. Um, I mean, I guess in a, in a certain way you are, you have a, you're a kitchen designer, but I mean, hands-on and stuff like workshop. Like if you ever decided I'm going to open up a my own little studio workshop and flip shit, I would be like, of course you are. <laughs> I The only furniture piece that I have successfully flipped was a beautiful mid-century teak table that I got off of Craigslist for $75. And I did that whole tabletop, you know, the whole shebang, and I sold it for $300. Yeah. And I, the only reason why I sold it for $300 was because we were moving. I had no intention. I wasn't doing it to flip it. Mm-hmm, I right. bought it for myself. Yep, and then when you did it, I get rid of it. Yeah. I'll tell you where where I'm leaning towards right now as far as like hands-on projects. I've been researching succulent gardens. Oh, what? That's great. That's cool. So uh, that's my next project. And I'm going to try to document as much as possible. I'm going to keep all that on the Franco Abode page. Okay, good. Um and and that so that'll be on there because I have a few areas of the garden where I'm gonna incorporate cactus and succulents, and I want I've learned so much over the years from doing things wrong mm-hmm. <laughs> that I think I can do this correctly this time. Yeah. So that's, that's uh, I admire people that can that can, plants can thrive. You know, I just posted on Facebook. You know, a bunch of recommendations asking people for recommendations. Right. Yes, well, I haven't yes. been at my bench in several weeks. It's been, you know, a couple months, actually. I just haven't been making jewelry. And I go to sit down yeah. there the other day. And there I go killing another damn air plant. Air plant's dead. I'm like, okay, you're crusty. I'm going to put you in some water. Because they recommend soaking them in water for like 24 hours, like every like, you know, four weeks or so or six weeks. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I soaked her, pulled her out, and then all of her, every she just fell apart and disintegrated. I'm like, well... R.I.P. Mama. (laughs) So there I go. I've killed two air plants now. So I don't know that it's good, a good idea that I get green plants, but I'm still going to try because I want, I have these macrame hanging baskets that I want to fill with plants. Like I'm some boho, you know, queen or something. Not a plant So get, get a ZZ plant. Uh, That my friend, my friend got me one because I, I'm the same. I always kill my indoor plants. Do not survive. My outdoor plants, because they're on a sprinkler system, they're going to be fine. Yeah. But my, so she bought me a ZZ plant and she's like, yeah, my coworker has one. She's had it for a long time and like it doesn't die. I'm like, okay. Okay. All right. Did so, and that thing has been thriving. Okay, good. I, I water it maybe once a month, okay. like when I remember. Um, it's thriving. Like that thing is just, just taken off. It's growing. ZZ, so, yeah, ZZ I would recommend and that. spider plants. Those are the things that work. And I don't understand because when I, I didn't do it this year because I have other things that I have to deal with this year. But um, when I plant um, coleus in my potter out plant for my patio to make my patio wall pretty, they they thrive. They grow. They're huge. They turn into these big, beautiful, gorgeous purple bushes. And I'm like, but the minute I move a plant inside, 
it instantly dies. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> all right. Well, it is what it is. Um, all right. So you got a concert today. Um, is that what you said? Oh, um, yeah. I'm getting ready to. Um, yeah, we're going to go see Garbage and Noel Gallagher's Flying High Flying Birds, I think is the name of his band. Nice. Yeah, that's a good one. Garbage is one of my favorites and I'm a full on 90s girl. So any grunge yep. female male, it doesn't matter. I'm all over that. So have fun. Shirley Manson was a staple in my life. Yeah growing up like she was like <laughs> an, an idol for me when I was like 12 13 years old I um, love that her music was life-changing and I've never seen them live no. so I'm this is like this is my inner child mm -hmm. healing for me mm -hmm. like this is like a treat for my preteen self I love that I was the same for me with STP Stone Temple Pilots I had never seen them live and then I got the opportunity while Scott Weiland was still alive and it was oh. one of my favorite concerts um, it was huge too. It was in Lansing in the riverfront. It was cool. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I got to see him while he was still kicking and just being a badass. Uh, very cool. I have uh, an appointment after we record this to get a tattoo today. I'm going to start my sleeve. I, I already have one on my arm, but I'm just going to, so I'm going to continue my sleeve, yes. but I hadn't decided that I wanted a sleeve until I got here. Mm. You know, I don't know if it's, peer pressure which it's not peer pressure but it's just <laughs> i don't know there's just something about it i told you how i am now about these fucking guys with those flat billed hats <laughs> yes. and, and beards and i'm like and then they always have tattoos too and i'm like all right <laughs> i don't know what that's oh my about gosh. so i'm excited i'm gonna get it you're living the portland life i really am i like i said i really am i feel like i really do feel like a west coast girl so um i'm gonna turn into her with all the tattoos now awesome well i can't wait to see how it turns out get us some pictures i will for sure i will it'll it'll be a good time <laughs> hopefully i've decided that because i'm kind of a baby when it comes to pain i'm gonna take my um, tarot deck and i'm gonna pull cards for the um artist um, mm -hmm. while he's working on my um, arm so it takes my mind off of it and i can channel the energy into something else other than the pain that's happening let me know how that works for you. Okay, we'll we'll switch. We'll swap picks. Take a picture of of um, garbage for me, and then I'll yes, I'll take a swap. Show you my um, the progress or whatever. Mm -hmm. What else is going on for you? Anything? Uh, okay. When are we going to talk about the fact that this is the end of our season three? You want to talk about it now? This is guys. Yeah, this is the last episode of season three. Yes. So we're gonna take a break for a few weeks. Uh, we haven't really decided exactly how long we're, we're doing this because we have the retreat coming up and then we kind of just want to enjoy the summer. Um, even though we love doing this, it, it is still something that we have to set a t aside time for. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and honestly, every time we take breaks, I'm always like um, the one who extends them. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. So we'll still be around. I know. I always feel like I always feel like I'm abandoning people whenever we take breaks. And you know, we gotta fill our cups back up. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it gives us time to to come up with topics. And and I know even with the topic that I'm doing today, this is already pushing me in a certain direction. Um, that I want to go with with more episodes on this similar similar material. So we'll be back. Which actually makes sense. And I think that um. 
we both we we don't always pick we don't always pick our topics ahead of time it's like the universe picks them for us but we always notice like a trend so uh can we just to make my point can we tell everybody what we're talking about today yeah 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 today we're going to talk about soul astrology specifically what i'm trying to do with this episode is for anybody who maybe is only familiar with like the basics of their astrological chart and what it may mean this is more of specific points that you can look at on your chart to help you understand your soul purpose yes and so she's like she's getting pulled in that direction a little bit more and i'm signed up for a class actually it takes place on the 15th it's called sacred numerology and i didn't even know that sacred numerology was an aspect of numerology and i picked up this workbook and i was like what is this workbook and then i started flipping through it and i'm like what the i want to know how to and i thought i could just buy the workbook then i realized oh it's attached to a class that's actually being hosted by the bookstore that i bought this from and so yeah there's just the soul's journey and the soul's path and helping people step into their soul um that yeah. that lights me up um so yeah. i love that how are you getting pulled in that direction like what's lighting you up lately well it's not so much about being lit up it's just what i'm observing with people like i remember observing some people going through some really hard times and some difficult life changes like things not working out at work things not working out with their living situation, partnerships, just a lot of endings. Yeah, yeah. And without blatantly like hopping into the DMs and being like, I noticed you're going through a hard time. (laughs) (laughs) Please please send $25 via cash chat. Because how creepy would that be? Um, You know, I just figure I will put the information out there and it will find the people who need to hear it. Yeah. I'm down with that. How about you? Yeah, how are you being pulled? So just like areas like that, like helping people find what what it is that, you know, causes them to have passion and to have this passion for life, you know, working with a lot of um, millennials and zennials and Gen Ys, you know, and just really helping them, you know, say, hey, you know, this is what you're here to do and this is how you're, how you're here to do it. The other thing that I'm being pulled to do is... Um, teach how to interpret tarot so it's not a standard class it's not like well these are the suites these are the suits these are this is the major arcana that's not what i'm being called to pull uh, or to teach i'm being called to teach people logistically how to interpret a tarot card by looking pulling the card looking at the brief explanation just glancing at the explanation the standard explanation of it putting the card down closing your eyes and tapping into your intuition and then letting other things come. And the reason I am called to do that is because yesterday um, I had an intuitive development reading with one of my, um, one of the students that took my Akashic reading class. And she's like, Mm -hmm. well, I've lost my ability to, you know, I lost my clear audience. I feel blocked and blah, blah. And I'm like, that's not a thing. I'm like, so what is your process? How, what do you, what does it feel like for you to, when information comes in? And then we went through this whole process and she realized she was just doing it quote unquote wrong. She's like, people think they got to look at the tarot card and then read it. And then that's the interpretation. And if they don't make the connection, then they're wrong. Right. And it's like, no, 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 no. You, you make the connection based on your gut, your intuition, you know? So, Mm -hmm. well, that might be a fun class to teach people um, how to further develop their ability to read 
tarot or oracle or whatever. So I'm down for that. Class. Yeah, I know, right? Like, I mean, yeah. you know, that'd be a fun one. I'll be there. All right, good. I like it. You know, I'll just, you know, she'll slide in back of the class. <laughs> oh, hey, girl, what's oh. up? Let me see. There's one more thing. I, I changed the name of my Instagram jewelry account from Joe Figueroa Studio to Mystic Metal and Stone. I don't know if I'd said that recently. So um, give me a follow if you don't already. Um, I just want to grow my audience, my followers um, in a more specific way. And Joe Figueroa Studio really didn't tell you who I was or what I did. So Mystic Metal and Stone, you kind of have an idea. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm, I'm back at the bench and I'm going to start designing jewelry soon. And so while while we are on this podcast break, don't forget to follow us. You can find us on Facebook under the Esoterics community. And then you can find us individually on Instagram. You can find Esoterics Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. You can find me under Fiorelise underscore Instagram. And then Joe's is Mystic Metal Plus Stone. Mystic Metal and Stone. And then also Akashic Reader Joe Figueres. Yeah. All of these are in the show notes. Um, and I updated those. How to connect with us, follow us, connect with Fiorelise for intuitive guidance and personal healing. All right. Ready to talk about this? I am. Let's talk about soul astrology. I'm excited to hear what 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 you're gonna bring to the table. There. Okay. So, have you ever met someone who quote unquote doesn't believe in astrology? Uh, yeah, I just had a client the other day. <laughs> okay, I think it's okay. No offense, really? but I think it's kind of stupid. I think it's like when you, if you were to say like I don't believe in the weather, mm-hmm. because really mm-hmm. that's all it is. It, astrology is essentially just an ancient science of science. reading the temperaments and inclinations of humans born under certain constellations. Yep. That's all it is. I see it as this big clock in the sky that just keeps yeah. moving. It's just a giant clock. And when it's cert- time for certain things, that's when your alarm goes off. And that's when, you know, those are the lunar cycles and shit like that. So, yeah, exactly. And I dare you to ask any nurse or doctor that works in <laughs> labor and delivery and mm-hmm. ask them how their full moons roll ask anyone that works in the hospital in general about in the full ER moons. room yeah about the emergency room <laughs> so don't tell me that that planets and constellations and the moon doesn't affect us it does it's like it's obvious you just you're just not looking you're just not noticing nope so in use Astrology can also act as a map of the soul. It's a cosmic way of understanding the universe and all its things and ourselves. So with what we're going to talk about today, soul astrology, it provides a map of your soul purpose, helping you understand why you have the obstacles you have and how to move past them to accomplish the mission you came here to pursue. Um, My intention with this is if all you're really familiar with is whether it's just your sun sign or maybe you only know your sun, moon and rising and you don't really know what's going on with the rest of your chart. This is a I'm going to give you a few good places to start that you can look at so you can find where the sole purpose is highlighted in your chart. Very cool. Very. OK, the main things you're going to need here. So as we go deeper into our astrology, there's a few extra details that we need. First thing you definitely need is you need to know your birth time because mm-hmm. without your birth time, you don't know your rising and it's the rising is pretty much what determines everything else, all the placements of, of everything in your chart. Okay. So let's break down the principal astrological placements to look at in order to use astrology to map your soul blueprint. So first your rising sign, like I mentioned, so your rising sign is also known as the ascendant, the AC. 
Um, a couple of starting points before I, I go further. Apps. This is not sponsored. I know some people use CoStar. I don't like it because it seems really aggressive. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever <laughs> used CoStar. Uh, no, I use Sanctuary. Yeah. Uh, Sanctuary is my personal favorite, although they've gotten a little more salesy. Salesy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But their chart, the the chart component of the app is still great. And I like how it breaks yes. things down. And it's a really good way to reference your chart without having to go and pull your own chart every single time. Um, yes. From a computer, you can also just go on uh, astro.com. Yep. It's like Astro Dienst or Dienst or I don't know how the hell they say it, but yes, but I think it is Astro.com. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah. There's, well, there's Astrology.com. Astrology.com will pull a free birth chart for you. And so generally it should be free to pull a birth chart from many different websites. Those are just kind of the, the, the two that I would recommend. I like the Sanctuary app because it's just a nice way to have it on your phone at all times. And you can pull your horoscope too. So yeah, we'll start there. So the ascendant, it is the sign of our social personality, and it's often described as how we show up in the world or the mask that we wear. Our rising sign represents our physical body and our outward style, and it carries 80% of our natal chart because of, like I said, it's the ascendant. It's the first, basically the first sign in your first house. And then the rest of the wheel, the astrological wheel is determined by your rising sign. Yep. That's why it's really important to know your birth time. It relates to the zodiac sign that was on the eastern horizon when we were born. So now let's look at ruling planets. So the next important thing to understand in relation to soul astrology is your rising sign is your ruling planet. So the ruling planet is a planet that rules over your rising sign. So I'm going to break it down by sign. So Aries is ruled by Mars. Taurus and Libra are co-ruled by Venus, meaning they both share the same planet. Gemini and Virgo are co-ruled by Mercury, which I think is funny, like how different Geminis and Virgos are from each other, but yet still very mercurial. mercurial. Uh, can I, can we talk? Okay, so Geminis and Virgos, I don't know. And um sometimes they can be uh, the, the the most problematic signs too. Um, so, I mean, you know, the, the ruling planet is definitely a personality influence, mm -hmm. 100%. Yeah. Uh, cancer is ruled by the moon, which is why cancers are sometimes called like the moms of the zodiac. And moody. And moody. Uh, Leo is ruled by the sun. Mm -hmm. And Scorpio is ruled by Pluto in modern astrology and Mars in traditional astrology. Mm -hmm. uh, Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter and Capricorn is ruled by Saturn. Mm -hmm. Saturn, Saturn, my old friend. <laughs> Aquarius is you is ruled by Uranus in modern astrology and Saturn in traditional astrology. And mm -hmm. Pisces is ruled by Neptune in modern astrology and Jupiter in traditional astrology. You'll find that you by obviously by whatever your rising sign, let's say your rising sign is Leo. That means your ruling planet is the sun. And when it comes to astrology, we do look at the sun and the moon as quote unquote planets, even though we know they're not, but right, but they are right. considered just for the sake of astrology. They, they do influence us. So we treat them that way. Uh, mm -hmm. So the sun sign is where the sun was on the date of our birth. And that's why if you just know your birth date, that's you generally know your sun sign. Mm -hmm. And the same thing goes with the moon sign. However, the moon is the quickest moving, quote unquote, planet 
therefore time of birth is also important when determining this as well right isn't it like within two minutes or something like that yeah it's like really fast yeah it's I, yeah, yeah so it's not even people are like well i can guesstimate and mm -hmm. i'm like well i don't recommend it no no not for your moon <laughs> yeah i know one time i had because i get the kids birth times mixed up with each other's right and so one time i had given sophia i was off by two minutes i think and she was like, oh, this whole time, I thought I was this and that. And I'm actually blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, why don't you just look at your birth certificate? I'm sorry. I was so busy giving birth. I didn't have time to look at the clock. <laughs> I like how she's instantly like, I blame you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can't believe you don't know my birth time. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was a little busy. <laughs> Sophia. <laughs> oh, I love Sophia. <laughs> okay. So. The sun represents our drive, our ego, and pride. And the moon represents our heart and emotions. The sun is our conscious mind, whereas the moon is our subconscious mind. So the moon sign represents a part of ourselves that we can't express literally, but we feel it on a deep and soul level. The moon yep. speaks to our memories and our conception of the past, as well as our idea of comfort. Many um, moon signs also capture our maternal instincts and the relationship that we may have with our main maternal influences of our lives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Remember when you're talking about my absolute zero desire to have children, it's not that I don't want to, you know, uh -huh. children or uh -huh. I wouldn't partner with children, but I don't want to have them. Yeah. Um, and that's my, I'm a Leo moon and the Leo oh. moon is ruled by the sun and the Leo moon is also, you know, very centrist to the Leo, right? <laughs> Leo can be a little bit self-centered um, and self-focused. That's funny. Just a tiny bit. That's funny. Does that make sense? <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and then Mike is, um, Mike is a sun, a, a Leo sun, but he's a cancer moon. And he's ah. a great dad, right? Like yeah. he's he's a yep. wonderful parent, which is like, yes. oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the moon is really, it's, it's your subconscious, it's your shadow, mm -hmm. it's how you process your emotions, it's how you take things in. So yeah. I love the moon. I would rather focus on the moon um, as far as like helping people or doing like meditations and stuff mm. than, than the sun. I really don't care about my my sun. I focus on um, mostly my, my rising anyway. Yeah. So. Uh, the other thing I want to just kind of add in here while we're on the top on the subject, when I read my horoscope, I go off of my rising sign. Yeah, me too. Oh, you do? What's your rising? Sagittarius. Ah. Especially if it's a, a very detailed astrological reading where they're talking about the current transits. Yep. Because they're going to talk about the cur the current transits and whatever's happening by uh, by house. And so if mm -hmm. I go off of Sagittarius being in my first house, then it's they're going to properly give me a reading yeah. based off of that. So that's that's how I use it. So some people say, like, do read both or, you know, pick one or whatever. I, I, I'll do both. But I found that generally going off of my rising makes more sense as to what's going on at the time. Yeah, the same. I do both. I but I, I I am finding right now because of where I am at in my um, evolution, my career that Capricorn is spot mm. on. But Libra is also so. I go by both, but Libra is more fun. I I honestly consider myself to be more of a Libra than a Capricorn mm. these days, over the last couple of years. So, uh, okay. 
so when a few more things if when your son is not expressed as in like if you're not living in the truth of what this sign is at its at its best then you may feel the following things a lack of self-confidence and physical vitality a fear of being seen or a fear of visibility and you may feel like you need to seek validation from others yeah and when your moon is not expressed you may feel emotionally disconnected or shut down. You may feel a general feeling of fear or of being unsafe. And you may feel reactive instead of responsive. Yeah, yeah, your shadow. Yeah, so these are... It's important to do shadow work. Exactly, and these are things to consider if you meet someone who has these kind of traits going on at that time. They And if you want to help them, that might be something to look at. Look at their astrological chart and then go based off of, okay, I see you are this. And these are the traits that that sign, you know, generally wants to express. What if you try, you know, an exercise in in this, you know. Mm -hmm. If you want to get into these pants, you're going to need to give up the digits. You're going to need to give me your birth time. Oh, God. (laughs) <laughs> yes. I can't imagine not knowing the astrology or numerology of somebody that you're about to have, you know, a relationship with. I can't imagine. There's no way. Maybe it's because I do it for a living, but God. I wouldn't do it. You got to know. I wouldn't. Right. You got to know. I wouldn't do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I And I wouldn't want to hear excuses either. I don't care if you, like, you don't have your birth certificate. You know, okay. So because I ask for that information for every single person that I read, whether or not I pull up their astrology, I want to know because I plug it in for me because it gives me more information when I'm interpreting their numerology. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of people, I won't say a lot, but I say out of every 10 person, people, there's probably two that are like, I don't know. And it's because their parents didn't know, mom didn't know, they lost power for all these crazy reasons and I'm like well there's you know I'm not good at that what is the astrology where people can guesstimate based on all sorts of things I I don't know how to do that and I'm like well Mm. I don't know what to tell you (laughs) while we're still talking about the sun and the moon I want to mention that the sun and the moon are also connected to the chakras your sun sign is connected with the solar plexus chakra chakra and your solar plexus is right in the middle of your tummy basically Um, And this represents the manner and the way in which we exert ourselves, again, going back to the ego, but also our desires and our ambitions. Mm -hmm. And then the moon sign, as you probably would expect, it's connected to the heart chakra. And it represents the way in which we feel, the lens through which we perceive and give love, and how we express our needs and feelings. Yeah, I like that. That's beautiful. So I know we've talked about this before we've talked about ayurveda ayurvedic medicine and Mm -hmm. how like certain ailments right are um Mm -hmm. connected right with certain things that that happen there was this really long post in the the girls girls group it's this girl was just she was venting long story short what it was was this was like a long time like childhood friend that she had grown up with and shared a lot of life with who had gone through two different battles with cancer she had she had a heart thing, a heart problem, and then she also mm-hmm. had liver cancer mm-hmm. or some kind of pink. I think it was pancreatic, but it but it was an early stage, so that's why she didn't. Anyway, mm-hmm. I know. So her friend had gone through all of this, and then it it she said how it also caused her to like be more 
proactive and like go and get checked and they found anyway so all this stuff that she had gone through with this friend and now it turned out that this friend is homophobic and transphobic their child turned out that you know they at first they came out as gay and she didn't accept uh, accept him and then they came out as trans and she won't she she says that she would rather that he be dead than to live with a trans child and She's like, you know, I, I can't like I can't be friends with with this person anymore. And I and all this and that that's what the post was about. But I just thought like the irony that like you had a literal heart problem, right? Like it was highlighted toward to you in your life that there's something wrong with your heart, like mm -hmm. and, and like physically and on the soul mm -hmm. level where like, why can't you open up your heart to your own child? I, I, I literally I cannot fathom ever, ever wishing someone dead versus happy accepted and loved yeah. I, who how f and the thing is it's easy for us to say they're foul they foul they're they suck and everything yeah. but remember we talked last week about these are the people that they're are holding, holding the grid. This grid in mm -hmm. place and it's like so you can't really judge them for their um for their beliefs right but it's like the opposite of their true nature, our true nature as a soul. So these people that hold heart, hate in their hearts, who, what the fuck is going on mm -hmm. that they're able to maintain that? But the thing about holding the hate in your heart and what it does to you on the physical level, like that's what like to me is just amazing. Like, yeah, you know, it's like the lesson is fucking slapping you across, the, you know, across the face yep, and you're still not getting it. Anyway, no. Um, Tracy White of um, Starbright, mm -hmm. Astro Starbright Astrology, yes. Uh -huh. She's actually studying medical astrology, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Um, and she would be a really good, a good person. We should, we should have her on the podcast um, next next season to talk about medical astrology. Oh, yeah, we should because be cool. that's how I found yeah. you. So I would love to yeah, just kind of yeah, see. Come Switch it up. Come full circle. Um, yeah. And there's actually two. There. Uh, this is another thing for another episode, but if you want to go down that rabbit hole, certain planets rule certain body parts as well. And sometimes when they're in a hard, a hard aspect on your chart, it's not uncommon to see like, oh, when you're going through a certain ailment, you can actually find it in your chart because of what, yeah. what planets are doing a thing, you know, in a certain house or whatever. And that's why I love astrology. Okay. It's the coolest. It really is. So most of us want to discover our soul's purpose if we haven't yet figured it out. But I do want to add this right now to for you to remember that your soul's purpose does not always mean your profession. Oh. Your purpose is always about learning and thriving. And primarily, it's about joy. And so, yeah, if you if you can work it into your profession where you can make money while you're living your purpose, awesome. But yep. if you if you don't, that's also great too. Like it, it, you know, it doesn't all have to be in one. <laughs> mm -mm. Can, can I get a real quick example? Yes. Is somebody who is an 11-2, right? So they're an intuitive healer. That's their life path, their purpose. Mm -hmm. This is based on their numerology and they're a healer true through and through and a hardcore psychic. They have all the abilities. So that doesn't mean that they're meant to be a psychic or a healer, right? I have um, an 11-2 client who is a forensic accountant uh -huh. and uses her intuitive abilities to find discrepancies and all that stuff. <laughs> it's it's super freaking cool. Yeah. So yeah, it's not an occupation. It's just a very specific set of gifts and abilities that you're meant to share with the world. You're meant to master. You're meant to find your joy and love. Yes. Very cool. Yep. 
So the best compass for our purpose is actually found in our natal chart under the lunar nodes. So this is the south node and the north node. These, like on a compass, they show us the way. The north node and the south node are always directly opposite each other in the sky. And the moon's north and south nodes nearly always move in retrograde, meaning they travel backwards through the zodiac. And they make a complete circle through the signs every 18 years, which I think that's an, also an interesting thing because if you if you look at how how that works, think of your life every 18 years. Yeah. Right? Like or not, the first time you reach 18 years of life. Uh you you your childhood is is ended, you know, you just went your three teenage years and you probably uh, amassed a, a bulk of life lessons in that childhood time and then yes. and then go into 30 what is that 36 another 18 years later and then now you've gone through your 20s right you've gone through all that and now again like I just think that's that's interesting that was a really cool thing to like oh like every 18 years because I know we talk about Saturn return which I'll talk about yeah. later but but that's a lot a lot longer phase yeah very cool. Okay. So the south node is the point in your natal chart that shows you your karma. It tells you what kind of past lives you have led and what kind of lessons you've learned and where you feel comfortable. The north node is the point in your natal chart that shows you your dharma. This tells you where you need to go in your life, what kind of lessons you still need to learn and where you feel uncomfortable because you feel like you're stepping into unfamiliar or uncharted territory. This is one of the things that I always pull for a reading for people. I want to know their nodes. I want to know yes. their south, their past lives, even if they're not interested in exploring them. Yeah. And then I want to know what they're meant to, um, um, you know, do with it in this life. Yeah. Um, and there are other points. I'm sure you'll get to those. Um, yes. Yeah, I, I will. Yeah. Yeah. So these two points are the compass for our lives. So based off of them, we can discover where we need to go what we need to do, the kind of lessons we need to learn and overcome in order to grow and achieve the mission we've come here to work on, what our strengths are, the lessons we've already overcome, and whether the relationships in our lives are karmic or dharmic. Like, do we have a future together with this, per with this person or is it just another karmic lesson that we're supposed to resolve from a past life? Mm -hmm. When yeah. your north node isn't expressed, you may feel stuck in old patterns and habitual cycles. So this is like when you're not learning the lesson, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, there's also fear around change, the unknown, and moving forward. Uh, there's a lack of feeling at peace within yourself. Yeah. Which I've totally yeah. been there. Totally been there. Yeah. That, that feels like I, I, spiritual awakening right there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we all have because that north node is what you're sort of meant to do mm -hmm. with everything that you've learned as a soul. Yeah. Okay. And the next point to look at on your chart is your placement of Saturn. And this is where we're saying there's, we might've heard of the Saturn return. Mm -hmm. So the Saturn return happens approximately 29 years, every 29 years. And so you, you got to look at, it's basically when Saturn returns to the point where it was on your birth chart on the day you were born. That's what just much like a solar return that we have every year. That's what the Saturn return means. The Saturn reveals where you may be blocked 
or and where you have an opportunity for mastery. So that's why when people go through a Saturn return, they're like, oh my God, like, why am I still here? Or why can I seem to get out of this rut? It's like where, where you may feel quote unquote blocked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Saturn is a teacher. He teaches by contraction, limitation, and sometimes very difficult lessons. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hi, Capricorns. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, fellow Capricorns. This fucker rules your life, rules our life. Yeah. <clears throat> when he's not being expressed in some areas of your life, that is where you may avoid taking responsibility. The house that Saturn occupies in your birth chart shows the area of life that you take very seriously. Yeah. So you may even feel that area as a burden. You will experience delay and frustrations in the matters of that house, and you will learn the lessons the hard way there. So this is the house where you seek responsibility. The obstacles that constantly appear in that arena of this house give you a drive and motivation that push you harder. That's interesting. So Saturn, I mean, Capricorn and Saturn um, is in my third house. Um, and that's communication and speaking and all that stuff. So I don't know that I necessarily struggle with it, but I will say that a lot of the times when I feel like I'm not, um, living authentically is when I can't say or express myself. Uh, so I get, yeah, so yeah, that makes sense. That does make sense. Okay. And then how did you feel? How do you, how did you feel about like, about that, about like maybe communicating your wants, needs, desires, like in your twenties before you hit your Saturn return? It was not, it was not a thing mm. at all. And in fact, when I was a, when I was young, um, you know, um, I was told, and I know I've mentioned this before on the podcast, I was told, you know, um, stop crying, shut up, be quiet, go away, go away, go away. So I was not allowed to express my emotions. Um, and I got in trouble for doing so or banished to my room or rejected, abandoned, that sort of thing. So yeah, it was not easy. So not easy at all. So do you feel like going through that, Saturn return phase helped you break away from from those restrictions? Well, I don't really remember my Saturn return. I, I mean, just I've I had a very difficult, um, you know, young adulthood, very difficult. It wasn't until after my awakening at 44 that I remember being aware um, and present in all of my emotions. Does that make sense? Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. But I will tell you that my strongest, um, my, one of my biggest challenges is communicating my needs and my wants and my desires and communicating mm. um, without fear of love being taken, Okay, of, you know, all that stuff. So I'm noticing it now as an adult. Yes. Yeah. So when yeah. your Saturn isn't expressed, these are the things that you may feel that one, that you're giving away your authority two, like avoiding accountability or responsibility or three, that life is happening to you then rather than happening for you. Uh, 100% all that sometimes. Yeah, I get, that's when I get stuck in my head. Mm, okay. Okay. And the other point to look at on your birth chart, the last one, is your midheaven. This mm, I love that one. directs you towards your highest calling. It shows you what your work in the world is meant to be. So there's this uh, shamanic astrologer, her name's Donna Woodwell. And um, so this was out of an article where she was explaining that the midheaven is the highest point in the sky that any planet can reach. It's your most elevated, highest and best self. And she says the planet in charge of the midheaven is the one that helps you fulfill your potential. 
The midheaven helps to answer the question, what is my work in the world? If you have this overwhelming feeling of, I don't belong here, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing, this is often a sign of the midheaven being triggered. So when we live in our, our midheaven, we come alive. It's this really beautiful thing to watch. So a few things that, that you might feel if your midheaven isn't being expressed. One is lack of clarity and what will make you feel fulfilled. Two, vague depression or a feeling of meaninglessness and drifting aimlessly. Uh, or three, the sense that you just don't belong. And I would say it's not that you don't belong like where you're at. It's that you're meant to be somewhere else. I just like got to look at it from a different perspective. <laughs> so I'm looking at my chart here. My midheaven is in cancer. Um, and however, I have no, um, I have no planets in my midheaven. So then, so what's that, what's that mean? Cause your midheaven also, so it also reveals our most public selves and how you engage with society more broadly. So the placement is also how you shine and how you leave your legacy. So if you don't have a planet sitting in your midheaven, that's normal. You have to look at what sign your midheaven is and then look Leo. at who rules the sign. Yeah. In Leo, it's the primary sign of my 11th house, but it's also represented in my 10th house. So, it, the, and that Leo, that makes sense. Okay. That makes totally sense with me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and it's cool though, how that matches with your, with your sun sign. So that's where mm -hmm. for me, sometimes things get convoluted because with being a Libra sun and moon, I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know where that's coming from. Cause aren't they both the same? <laughs> You know what I mean? Right. I don't understand how that <laughs> happens either. I don't either. I'm, I'm still learning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so these are the points. So these are all the points that you can take a look at in your chart and go through, read one by one where one, where each one of these hits and then see what they tell you and see what resonates for you. I'm interested in hearing feedback, just knowing and understanding that astrology gives us this very special gift of further understanding ourselves, our drive, what holds us back in life, but it's just this roadmap into our psyche and it helps give us a very clear picture of how to move forward and what you'll need to overcome along the way. I love, love, love astrology. Me too. Is, is that it? That's it. Yes. <gasps> oh, that was fun. Uh, well, thank you. That was super fun. And I will say that um, definitely the sanctuary, um, astrology app is helpful because when I was just, you know, trying to figure all that out, I went on there and boom, there it was right there. Yes. So it told me, um, it's very helpful. Um, the other thing that I want to mention to people is that if you know your numerology, you can see how the two support each other. Yep. Um, your personality is your it supports your rising sign mm -hmm. um you know your life path is your sun sign and your um how you express yourself um i guess could be your uh moon sign so yeah um it, it's fun how they all um support each other but it's important to know why are you here what are you meant to do what are your gifts what are your skills what are your abilities yeah um, you know because i think a lot of people don't know and so that's when they struggle yeah yeah, because I feel like we we can go through so much of life just doing what we know needs to be done, like just mm -hmm. by like general so society standards. But 
to take a moment and really feel into our hearts like it's hard uh it's yes. hard if you don't know you're just like i don't i don't know like i just know mm. maybe what i'd like to do or kind of what i'm attracted to doing like what things yeah. seem kind of fun uh but this just really helps again like it really gets into your psyche and yeah yeah, it's another way to yeah. look at stuff. And I think the reason why they all overlap, like the numerology and even like human design and all this is because they're mm-hmm. all kind of the same idea of mapping you out. That's exactly what it is. It's it's I mean, you know, that's why a tetralogy reading is so spendy. Uh-huh. It's because I pull your entire numerology. Um, but I also look at your numerology transits, which are different than astrology transits. I pull your um, astrology and then I also pull your human design. Yeah. And once you interpret those things as a trifecta, you literally have a, a, a guidebook yes. as to how you work and how you best make decisions, how you yeah. manifest and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. What I loved um, about human design, how you explained it of the action, like how you how you take action, like how how to make the best you, of yourself. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You know, in the other day, um, you know, Ash posted in the group, she's like, you know, I had a human design reading and it kind of bummed me out. And I'm like, dude, that's not supposed to happen. Like human design is supposed to light you the fuck up because it gives you the keys to, to, you know, your best life. So I told her I would review her human design with her at the retreat because I mean, you know, that's awful. I felt so bad. I'm like, people shouldn't be walking away from a reading or something feeling bad and it's not or feeling disempowered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not the fault of the reader. They just, um, you know, obviously, I don't know what the problem was. I don't know. But anyway, the other thing that I wanted to um, mention about, you know, numerology and astrology. Um, oh, I wanted to, um, to your point about people knowing what, you know, what their purpose is or what their path is. Yeah. Um, the other day I had a client and I asked her, I said, you know, um, why did you choose your college degree because she just graduated and she's going to move and she's going to Europe to do this really cool freaking job. And I read her astrology or I read her, her um, numerology. She's got three threes and two nines. So she is the communicator. Her purpose is to express herself as authentically as possible, but she does it with a humanitarian sort of um, vibe. She's an accountant. (laughs) And I asked her, I said, why did you choose accounting? Mm-hmm. And she said, because it was going to offer the most stability and the, the most money. Okay. And I was like, okay, I said, and then I told her, I gave her the example of the forensic accountant who is, uh, you know, an 11 too. Yes. And I said, it's not that it can't be done. I said, but I, I see you within five years, you're going to get burned out and you're going to need more. You're going to need to move in a direction where you're at least doing work that feeds, fills your soul. Or helps others. Yes. You know, it's that humanitarian energy. So yes. so I get it, you know, especially kids, not just kids these days, but everybody, especially college graduates, they have to find a path. And if they have a parent who is particularly invested, the parent will tell them, you can't go and get a liberal arts degree. You have to get something tangible that's going to, you know, give you a job. And they, they're like, okay. And, and of yeah. course, you know, the five in me is like, fuck <laughs> that. I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I've I've tried to um, uh, I'm trying to guide, kind of guide Sophia with that because um, she has uh, very wealthy tastes for someone who doesn't have a job. 
<laughs> it's just a little mini you. <laughs> Only you have a job. Yeah. So I, so I, so I have to. I'm kind of trying to tell her, like, okay, I, like, I know you're creative, and that's great, and I want to make sure that you're always, you should always be doing something creative because that's who you are. But at the same time, you should also maybe think about a career that will make you. A good amount of money because you're gonna need it because you don't you like to shop you love to spend money you are gonna need to have a good job <laughs> you know what my favorite thing is and i've been doing this for all of my friends because um my friend group their kids are um, they've been graduating for a while yeah. but now this new wave they're all like juniors and seniors and stuff yes. and so i've been making them a piece of jewelry when they graduate yeah. and um, that works with their energy and i've been giving them an akashic reading oh. um and it's really cool that these 18 year olds it's so cool to give them this knowledge at the beginning of their career path and telling them even if they don't follow it they're always going to remember it you know to listen these are the elements of your purpose. You are a creative. You're an organizer. You're a humanitarian. So you're going to need to find work that is fulfills these areas. Yes. And I just tell them, you know, don't go do something because it's going to provide you the money. Okay. Find the thing that lights you up and the money will come. Yeah. And of course, you know, I'm not the parent, right? So I can, <laughs> of course, give them that etheric information. And the parent's like, that's not what I have been telling her. Stop telling her that. But um, it's the truth, man, because they're going to get down the road in yeah. five or 10 years. They're going to get burned out. They're going to hate what they're going to do. They're going to go through their Saturn return. And then they're going to be like, I don't know what to do. I have no idea who I am. I've been living this life that was that I was told to live. Yeah. And now here I am. So yeah can can you tell i get excited and live <laughs> this topic yeah no um so sophia right now she's gonna be she's gonna be taking a psychology class yeah, and then good. she's also going to take a forensics class and oh, cool yeah so we'll see so and then that's my whole thing with all of them right is like there's never there's never just one path you can take and there's no. never really just there's never a direct path and there's never only one path so mm -hmm. you've got to try different things. You've got yep. to see what what lights, like you said, what lights you up, what what you enjoy doing, whether yep. it is something that sparks your joy on the creative side or even just sparks joy because you're working with others and that's what you like to do. You're helping people mm -hmm. or whatever it is. But but that's what you've got to try the different things. I don't know. Like, <laughs> how else do you do it? <laughs> How else you? Well, and you know, and a lot of people too, the eight to five, they are completely comfortable and content with an eight to five, oh, for sure. you know, cubicle job because it allows them to then do the thing that lights up their soul after hours yeah. or on the weekends yeah. or whatever. So yeah. um, everybody's path is different um, and it does take you know, you have to do trial and error to get there. Yeah. And, you know, but I just think with this new generation, you know, that's coming up, especially, you know, we talked about the alphas recently, you know, the new babies that are being born and then the whys. Um, they're not going to settle for things that don't light them up. And that's one of the ways in which they're going to change the world. Yeah. For us. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think I don't think I could ever go back to uh, nine to five or whatever. Uh -uh. Like I can't there's there's no way but i know that there's people that thrive in it because yes. they like that kind of structure and yep. and knowing what to expect on the day-to-day -day and that works really well for their life so you have to find the thing that works for you 
You do. You do. People that are very heavy in fours, they're a life path four, or they have an expression for or a soul urge for, they need that structure and stability. If they don't have it, then they are listless and they'll procrastinate and all that stuff. I have an expression or a personality four, and I'm awful if I don't have the structure, but my five doesn't want the structure. So they're always fighting. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, friends. This brings a close to the third season of the Esoterics podcast. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts for bringing us into your life every week. We truly love doing this podcast and have such appreciation for anyone who tunes in. We love that you care what we have to say and we dig that you keep coming back to hear more. Yeah. Thank you guys so, so much. And as always, stay mystical, magical, and don't let anyone tell you what to do. Bye-bye.